Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Justin Tinsley, David Dennis Jr., Sarah Spain, George Sedano. We have the Play of the Year nominee in the NFL, Debo Samuel. He went for 57. It's 51 yards after catch over expectation. Wow. And the way he waltzes in, it's just beautiful. Let's go. That's a Jerry Jerry Rice drinking game. You guys follow me when I say it's 51 yards after catch over expectation. That means for an average mortal not named Debo Samuel, it's a six-yard play. <laughs> and it goes for 57 yards. So between that and San Francisco's defense, just relentless. Nick Bosa says it's time to start calling them the best in the league. 49ers 24, Rams 9. David Dennis Jr., around the horn to you. What did the 49ers just do to the defending champs? Well, I mean, they do what they've been doing for the last seven regular season games. They beat them. Uh, and, you know, they showed us the 49ers that we've been getting for the last few years, which is a team that can make a deep playoff run based on their defense, which has came into the game number one in DVOA. They uh, held the Rams 3.6 yards per play, which is the worst under the McVay and Stafford uh, regime, and a, one explosive play from, a, from Debo Samuel. But they still have the same question that they had before, which is the fact they have a game-managing quarterback who does not seem, you know, has not been able to get them over a hump and they're playing a top-tier offense. So he had a game-managing game last night that was good, but I'm not going to forget the fact that this dude had an eight-point play for the defense last week. So this looks like the same 49ers team whose ceiling we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Justin Tinsley, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to basically reiterate that this is the same team that we've seen in recent years, a really good defense and an offense that honestly, you know, just gets the job done. Look, there are a lot of there. There are a few really good defenses in the league. There are very few in the league that are good at all three levels, just like San Francisco. So Bosa is correct. Like this is they look like the best team. They look like the best defense in the league. And this is why Jimmy G can be that game manager that David spoke of, because he has that really good defense. And he has he has weapons on offense like George Kittle and Debo Samuel, who I have to give credit to right now. This dude had a hundred hundred game yesterday. He had one hundred fifteen yards receiving and one hundred four came after the catch. This guy's almost like a 12th defender on the field because he can extend drives which only helps the defense so yeah San Francisco Mm. looks like the best team in the NFC West right now because they look they look like who we remember them as whereas every other team you really can't say that about. Never heard it quite explained like that. Debo Samuel's (laughs) the 12th defender because of what he does on offense. George Sedato are you buying that and are you as I mean I'm hearing from David and Justin that San Francisco's hit a ceiling do you believe that's the case? Oh, I, I don't think that that's the case, Tony. I actually think I do agree with them that they just continue to pummel the Rams the way they, they've they've pummeled them previously. And and Debo Samuel's is like, 
Debo on Friday, and uh, the Rams are like Smokey in this case, the Chris Tucker character, because he just keeps pouring it on them. He's had five touchdowns against them, Tony, since January 1st, 2021. That's not a long time to have five touchdowns against one team. So here, here's the thing with the Niners, though. Their defense has been fantastic. They have what we thought could have been the best roster in the sport going into it. The biggest question was, can their young quarterback overcome whatever issues he may have because he's a young quarterback. Now they've got the guy in that everyone wanted out, and that guy just knows how to manage the game. Over 80% mm. of his yardage came with yak, Tony, yards after right. the catch. He knows this roster. He knows how to manage the offense, and their defense just put a pummeling on so the So you're Rams using again. game manager in a good way, positive way. Dave is using game manager in a negative way. Sarah Spain, floor is yours first. Well, first of all, it's interesting that the focus of this conversation so far has been two guys that we didn't expect to potentially be in uniform for this team during the offseason, Jimmy G and Debo, and yet here we are. I think there are expectations for this roster with Trey Lance that are the same when Jimmy G is in there, which is the defense needs to do the bulk of the work and the offense is going to be inconsistent. Jimmy can be great enough to take them to a Super Bowl, and he also can be disappointing. I don't think their ceiling has been shown yet because for all of the people who said Jimmy knows the offense, so this will be an easy transition. He didn't have a preseason, a training camp. He wasn't around the team. He wasn't working out. He didn't expect to be in this position. So I do expect Jimmy to look better in future games. But this defense, I, I don't know if I'm ready to say best in the league yet. They still lost to the Bears, and I realize it was a monsoon. But I need to see them against some more effective offenses before I can be certain of that. But, man, Talano Mufongo added to that group. He's been insane. Mm -hmm. David Dennis Jr., last word on the ceiling. Yeah, I'm going to go this game manager thing. George, you can't credit Garoppolo with Yak when Debo Samuel Samuel's doing that thing that he's doing out on the field. We're going to credit Debo with that. Mm -hmm. So, Dan, last word for you. Uh, Tony, look, I, I think you can credit him there because we saw him run out of the end zone and almost throw an interception the other night. So he's not doing that. So is that well, then you're grading on a curve. Then you're grading on a curve. But the idea that he's yeah. hit a ceiling, well, that ceiling then, David, to use your word, would be one play away from winning the Super Bowl. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of teams with a lot of all-pro quarterbacks haven't even got that far. We're going to move on talk about the other side of the field, the Rams. What's wrong with the champs? Stanford... Stafford, excuse me, is pick sixing. And there's a full-on Donnybrook on the sidelines with the defense. Dak McKinley, Justin Hollins. George, this is your account. What is the major malfunction with the Rams right now? Oh, Tony, we got a long list here. Let's start with the fact that they're just not as good as they were last year on paper. Let's start with that part of the equation. They're offensive line is in complete shambles. They completely underestimated Andrew Whitworth's worth to this particular roster as well, as well as Von Miller's uh, capability on the defensive side and being able to put pressure on them. They went from one of the best defenses in the league last year to one of the worst when it came to pressure. 9% of their snaps, they've been able to get pressure on the quarterback. That's just inexcusable for a team with Aaron Donald on it. They, they didn't do a really good job with that. And, and ultimately... I just think that Matthew Stafford does not look the same. Jay Glazer was on the Dan Lebetard Show podcast uh, two weeks ago and said that Matthew Stafford, when asked about his injury, has been dealing with the same injury last year. They didn't deal with it correctly last year, and they clearly haven't seemed to deal with it correctly this year. He just doesn't look like he has, he has the same zip on the ball. It's not just about his mistakes. It's about where the ball goes when he throws it. Sarah Spain, what's the major malfunction with the Rams right now? I mean, it is also about his inaccuracies and his turnovers. The, f 
uh, issue that was never fixed last year for all the conversation around the team and Stafford looking better. He was still throwing picks, including two in the Super Bowl. It's just that they had enough skill and talent around him, both defensively and offensive weapons, to make up for it. The problem is this team, if you remember, was in crisis a lot of last year, too. We talked about their decision-making around Stafford and their decision-making around playing for the now and getting rid of future picks. And it wasn't until later in the season when they brought it all together that it became a force. I still have faith in this team, but right now they're 16th alongside the Jets and Bears in expected EPA per play. They aren't hitting because their offense isn't there. He's too reliant on Cup, and McVay has become a little bit predictable. Those are all things I think can get better, so I'm not out on the Rams right now, but it's pretty clear to see what's going wrong for them. You say tied with the Jets and Bears? Uh, yeah. Okay. Not a great place to David be. David Dennis Jr., the <laughs> malfunction with the champs right now. Yeah, I'm going to echo George on the first part with that defense. The best tackle last night was uh, when they laid out a fan running on the field. Every, everything else, they were missing tackles left and right. I think offensively, they have an Allen Robinson-sized hole in that offense that they have to figure out. They brought him onto that team to sort of replace some of the um, Odell and to replace Woods. But he's had 18 targets all season. Cup had 18, 19 targets last mm-hmm. night. So either, either uh, they need to find a way to get him open, or if he cannot get himself open, this is a failure from that front office and putting him, giving him all that money. And Tinsley. There's just no diversity in the offense. Stafford already has three interceptions when targeting Cup this season. He had four all last year. So what we see is innovative and uh, efficient one season. It could be redundant the next. They they haven't run the ball or passed the ball with any consistency this year, and they can't pass protect. And here's another thing. You know, Sarah mentioned draft picks. They don't have a first, fourth, or fifth round draft pick next year. They traded Robert Woods for a sixth round draft pick, and I think he would look really good in this offense right now. So you can be like F those picks until those Nine picks come back to haunt you. So winning the Super Bowl is hard. Repeating is even harder. And trying to, and trying to repeat with the predictable offense is damn so near impossible. Down the last word on this. Tony, there's something to be said about a team having another team's number. When you look at the way the Niners have demolished the Rams in most of these games, they've had their last six pick sixes. The the Niners have come against the Rams, whether it was Stafford what? or Goff, but it has come at the expense of Sean McVay. That's incredible. Anybody wow. know the fourth quarter margin with the Rams this year against their opponents? 44 to 3. Yes, George. Maybe that would have been wow. something you could tell me earlier, wow. but very, very good. <laughs> We've been horned. We'll move on. Preseason basketball. Very pre right now, but the return to the court last night for Ben Simmons. 19 minutes, six points, five assists, four rebounds. First time we saw him playing with the Nets. Kawhi Leonard, first time back in a month and a half. Jamal Murray, excuse me, a year and a half. And Jamal Murray, first time back in 539 days. Mm. Sarah, which one meant most? I want to say the Clippers because I can't wait to see all that talent together, but I'm not going to get fooled again on rooting for the Clippers and thinking they're going to put it together. Something always goes wrong. They're the Chargers of the NBA. So I'm going to say Ben Simmons, both personally for him. I'm excited to see him getting back to doing what he does. And also I would like the conversation to be about his play instead of the gross uh, guesses at mental health that a lot of his situation has inspired from people around the world. So the Clippers are too unpredictable, so you're going with – the Nets. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Oh, no. George Sedano, oh, no. what, what meant most to you last Made night? Made a huge mistake. 
Tony, we're all splitting hairs here with, with them because they're all unbelievably important to their roster's success. But it's got to be Kawhi because he's got the, the most on his shoulders as far as the championship aspirations. As good as Jamal Murray is, he's not the MVP. As good as Ben Simmons is, he's not Kevin Durant. But Kawhi is what gives the Clippers an opportunity to be a championship-level team and break that Clipper curse. Justin Sinsley. Yeah, I got to go with Kawhi as well. Like, this feels like if, if, if it's going to be any year for the Clippers, this is it. You got a healthy Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul George, a motivated John Wall, who I'm really rooting for this shit, and a guy who I think is the best coach in the league in T. Lou. So this has to be their year. The if best it, coach if, if in the happens. league. Number one. Second best. Number one. Sa- over sa- Popovich, over Kerr, over Spolstra. Spolstra. Over, I'm, I'm, I'm putting them number one. David Dennis Jr., your takeaway from last night. <laughs> I saw that face, David. I saw that face when you heard Tinsley <laughs> say Lou won. Go ahead. I, I'm going to stand by Tinsley and his hot take out of solidarity. But I think uh, um, in terms of what meant the most, I guess, to me was John Wall. He had played 40 games since 2018. He's talked so much about his mental health struggles and seeing him back out on the court and meaningful, well, what will be meaningful play with that Clippers team, I think is, is going to be great to watch. So it's, it's John Wall. All right, there it is. Tinsley with the hot take of the day. Not sure if you're burning down the house with it, but we'll take a break right here. Buy or sell next. I've said David worse. Dennis Jr. fanning the flames. I got it. The Horn is presented by the refreshing taste of Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. U.S. Soccer's independent investigation into the National Women's Soccer League finding systemic abuse and sexual and workplace misconduct so far-reaching, so blatant and wrongdoing, we address it now. Former U.S. Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates' finding reaching over multiple teams, multiple coaches, multiple league commissioners. The investigation finding players with the Portland Thorns describing a pattern of sexual harassment and coercive sexual intercourse from Coach Paul Riley. 
The team fired Riley, but the team and league never disclosed the reason, allowed Riley to take another job in the league. Yates finding it all to be a pattern in the league and developmental soccer in general. Chicago Red Stars players accusing Coach Rory Dames of verbally and emotionally abusing them, manipulating a hostile workplace, racist and prejudicial comments, spitting in the face of players. Racing Louisville coach Christy Holly accused of improper sexual touching as a means of disciplining a player. One more thing this report was keen to mention. Those three organizations, Portland, Chicago, Louisville, didn't fully cooperate with the Yates investigation, despite public statements to the contrary. Nancy Armour opined in USA Today today that majority owners of the Thorns and Red Stars, that's Merritt Paulson and Arnhem Whistler, need to be ousted in light of this report. Sarah Spain, you come on here and talk when it's time to celebrate a great game, and you come here to talk when it's a scandal. I appreciate that. You are a minority owner of the Chicago Red Stars in this league. How does it feel to read this report, and how can fans believe this league will get it right now? It's infuriating and enraging and all too familiar. And for a long time, women have been told to be grateful for whatever they can get, and they have to suffer in silence in order to play the sport that they love. In the case of burgeoning leagues like this, they're often told that their silence is important in order to keep the league afloat. If you speak out, things might implode. Well, these players finally did after years of suffering, and the answer that they got from the people in leadership was silence, to cover it up, to enable, to allow these men to take further jobs. And all of the people in charge who have let these women down and who continued to allow a league to be a place that wasn't safe for players should have no part in the league going forward. If we can't ensure that the people at the very tops of these care about what's right, then we're just going to cycle through people and the problem will never be fixed. It will just be a continued enabling until finally the pressure gets loud enough that someone gets fired, someone comes in to replace them, and we eventually find ourselves here again. So I don't know if I can guarantee to fans that things are going to change. For all the new ownership that's come in that wants things to be different, for all the staff members, for all the players, for everyone who wants this league to represent and be a standard for how to be successful and also morally right, I hope for their case that it can change. But until you actually see that, there are way too many examples across all sport of things coming out like this, of promises being made, and of players being let down again. You are personally involved in this league, and you do not have faith that things are going to change and the league can survive this? I can't promise it because it ultimately comes down to the richest and most powerful people. And are they able to be removed from their positions? And are the people who are actually in charge able to find the bravery to do the right thing instead of covering up their own reputation and protecting their assets? Davis Dennis Jr., reading the 319-page report, what was your reaction? I was struck by how often we end up reading reports just like this from U.S. women's gymnastics, U.S. women's swim team, U.S. women's ski team. And, uh, you know, how often it seems like it's par for the course for women who are trying to, you know, excel in sports to have to deal with these coaches and men and people in power trying to take advantage of them and abuse their bodies. Because for every, you know, we talk about equity in sports. And it's more than just pay because for every woman whose foot touches the grass out there, they had to endure innumerable offenses against their body. And there were innumerable women who also had their lives and their careers derailed by this. So please do not speak to me about equity in sports unless you're willing to work towards a a world where all women have to do is lace up their boots and play sports without having to worry about what creep is going to try to take advantage of them on the way to them trying to achieve their dreams. 
Justin Tinsley. Yeah, I look at some of the conversations we've been having on this show recently, Tony, you and I. We can talk about Udoka and the Celtics, Sarver and the Suns, two in the NFL, the WNBA and Kathleen Ingebert, and this one right here with the uh, NWSL, excuse me. And the common denominators are simple. It's power, the thirst to abuse power, and this sick desire to cover it up. I can go a bunch of different ways with this, but I'll just leave it at this. Uh, the people in these positions of power in this league – they wouldn't, they wouldn't be where they are without the players, but all too often across sports, we see players treated like inanimate objects, and in particular, these women in the NWSL. So there's a thin line between you using power for good that can actually Im impact societal change and power for bad, which is, reminds society of the worst parts of itself. George Sedano. Tony, clearly the acts are heinous. There's no denying that. I would also add to Sarah's point earlier, and she spoke so eloquently about all of this, but I would add to the point that the power dynamic uh, is in play here where I, I think that the people that were at the top let everyone down here. And they did, they ranged basically from doing very little to absolutely nothing. And that's just unacceptable. And it's not only on the league the league partners, and the ownership group. But it's, it's all of us, too, including the media, the fans of sports in general, to be able to put the pressure on this sport to be able to do what's right by all women. Half the league went through coaches in one calendar year, and then basically every coach has been replaced in this entire time. This goes down to developmental soccer. One of the team names in this league, Courage. That's what's been lacking throughout all of this. Whether this league survives, we'll be seeing in the next few weeks the decisions made. Thanks for your thoughts on this. We'll be back in two minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Around the Horn is presented by the refreshing taste of Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. George so Sedano, David Dennis Jr., good <laughs> luck in showdown. In yes, Steve Ballmer's excited. Screaming, literally screaming. Still North very excited. Korea. I'm so excited that we're playing the Portland Very excited still. So if this is the and saying the NBA Kevin, needs Seattle again. George, just screaming about it, make it more likely. To 
as a screamer myself, I think it does, but he needs to scream it at the league meetings, not just at the arena. David Dennis Jr. Yes, I'm very excited for Seattle to have a team, but I'm more excited about Steve Ballmer and the Ultimate Warrior at the Pontiac <laughs> Silverdome at Survivor Series this Sunday. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you the points. Is there any chance he moves the Clippers to Seattle? George? I mean, <laughs> listen, if you ask Laker fans, they'd love that. David Dennis Jr., FaceTime. I'm out of breath. Happy Cannon Bullens Dog, which means Happy National Cinnamon Roll Day. It's the greatest day in October. Yes, my children's birthdays are in October and my dad's birthday is in October, but. Beyond that, it's the cinnamon roll day. I love cinnamon rolls. They are just like Aaron Judge, a triple crown, best breakfast, best dessert, best pastry. Can't go wrong with cinnamon rolls. Enjoy them all day. Wow, I wasn't expecting that, nor do I um, celebrate that particular day. But it's your day, David, enjoy it. National Taco Day!